More and more badass women are joining the ranks as highly skilled construction professionals. Construction and renovation projects wouldn't happen without the skills of the various crews involved. As we all know, the skilled trades have been male-dominated for like forever. In this season, I'm highlighting the amazing women doing their thing in the construction sector. Every journey and every story is different, but they are all inspiring. Have a listen as I learn about their stories. Hello, all you badass humans. Today, I have the fabulous Jill Prescott on the show. She's not a tradesperson, so you may be thinking, why am I interviewing her? Well, she is a visionary and a leader who helps transform people's lives at their core. In her newest program, Women in Trade Success Training, she teaches participants how to navigate the challenges of being a woman or any other self-identifying female in the trades. In a safe and exciting environment, Jill facilitates and leads participants in a journey of self-exploration of their own inner dialogue, negative self-talk, and to begin to witness and recognize their own self-sabotage. Welcome to the show, Jill, and I am like so stoked that you're here. Thanks, Brandy. Thanks for having me on, because you're right, I am definitely not a tradesperson. Uh, and, you know, the work that I offer uh, often translates really, really powerfully, and in this case, it certainly does. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been talking with a number of women uh, for this WIT series, and they all note challenges in one form or another about working in the trade sector. So I, I really think that our conversation today will be of value for them or anybody else who happens to be listening, because you're just so amazing. So I want to just really jump in, like, right off the start. Like, how did you come to create this program? And like, how did it, like, just really, like, how, what was the genesis? How did it come to be? So Natasha Martins at that time uh, was working for Saskatoon YWCA and in particular their women in trades program. So she was heading that up and uh, I had known her for some time. She had done some work with me personally and been to a retreat that I'd held and then done some one-on-one stuff. And one of the problems that many, many people deal with, I mean, I would suggest that most people at some point deal with some sort of self-sabotage. And so she recognized what was going on with her groups that weren't either, either they weren't even making it to the end of the training, the initial, like, do you even want to be in the trades? But then um, if they weren't, if they were making it that far, they would get into the trades and they'd collapse. So uh, she, she, was a, she was in charge of like that initial um, exploratory program. And then they did have a, a few programs that were really targeted for um trades that were in desperate needs of, of skilled people. So they would like create something and then like funnel people into like whatever sheet metal or whatever it was mm -hmm. that was in, in desperate need at the time. Right. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So I, having recognized what was going on with these women, she proposed that I create a program for her that actually helped them with that. So it has certainly been an evolving process that's taken um, some time. I'm now, she's no longer with the Women in Trades there, but I'm still working with those same uh, programs. Um, and I'm now, this is the, I was thinking about this as I drove today. And I think it's the sixth round with them. Oh, wow. This time I'm working with their, um, the group of women who are learning to do long haul trucking. Very cool. All right. Um, so 
what do we like? What did you cover in the program? Like, gotta just take us through because it is a number of weeks that you mm-hmm. sort of have those women join a, a Zoom call. I'm imagining, and uh, yeah. you know, you go through a bunch of things. So, like, take us through kind of like week over yeah. week, sort of what you cover. Sure. So, um, what we the logistically we have a call every two weeks, and it's a 90 minute call. And during that time. Um, you know, there's some flow to that, but there are specific things each week. Um, the very first week we're, we're defining success for them, not success yeah. defined on anybody else's terms, but on their terms. Like what is, and, and it's interesting because so often they've never even considered it. Yeah. I mean, like that, not just in the trades, but like for all of us, Period. Like, what, what does success, what does success look like? And then how, I mean, if, if you don't know what that looks like, how do you know if you've achieved it? Or how do you even know what the next right step is? Mm-hmm. You know, once we've defined success, then we have something to hold on to when things get challenging. Um, so then the next uh, conversation we have is all about responsibility. And what I um, really dive into them with them is personal responsibility, what they're responsible for and what they're also not responsible for, mm. because that really does. Um, there's a, there's a oftentimes a way over their balance to like, I'm responsible for my husband or my partner or my family or my children or my friends. There's all of this burden that they're carrying. They're loading it on themselves, which means that they really don't get anywhere in their lives. So And on the side of taking personal responsibility, it is that, okay, if I'm personally responsible, then that means that I have to give up being responsible for them. I have to trust that responsibility lives over there on that side as well and trust my own process. That's a really, that um, module in particular. That's a big one. It's a big one. (laughs) Well, because I mean, we as women, we do take on so much especially yeah. domestically. And we take it all on as ours, all on our shoulders, all of that. It's, it's, it's our bag to carry. And, and it does not need to be solely our, our luggage. We can, we can right. put the luggage into a couple of pieces at least. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then we often, because of all of that, we don't understand even what it means, how empowering it is to take responsibility for ourselves. So, and yeah. um, then that leads into, um, the next module, which is really discovering who you are and where you came from. So as everyone knows, we are all impacted by a lot more than just what's right in front of our nose. Uh, Societal impact, familiar, uh, ancestral, your lineage, uh, the uh, everything, your community, it all has an impact. And so often we lay all of the, um, all of our actions, our thoughts, our capacity on our own shoulders. When in fact, there are reasons we are the way we are. And if we can have a bigger view of that, that possibility, then we can start to get a little breathing room. So Mm -hmm. understanding really uh, is the first step in being able to heal anything that really would keep you from being able to develop something within yourself that says, I can do this. I trust myself. I believe in myself. I can carry this forward for myself. Yeah. And that's another big one. I mean, they're all, you know, so they're all big, but (laughs) (laughs) and honestly, like 
I really, you, you can imagine that there's a there's a group and we can only get so far. Uh, but what I really hope is that it sparks. And I, I know because I've heard back from uh, participants in the past that said, this dialogue took me on to this place and it changed everything for me. So the next one, and I love this so much, is boundaries and communication. Oh, and they go hand in hand. You know? I just got, just got like boosting <laughs> from my arms right here. <laughs> yeah. What is a healthy boundary? You know, and, and we can't really work with a healthy boundary if we are not also talking about communication and commu- com- communication style. Yeah. So we get into a lot of um, why it is that we even need boundaries in the first place what it means to, uh, how supportive it is for us and for the people externally to us that we do have healthy boundaries and what good communication looks like. So when we're taking that into the field, especially with these women or, or anyone who identifies as, as a woman in, this, in the trades, that isn't, basically that isn't a white male, <laughs> isn't living at the center of privilege, um, there's they're going to walk into an industry that is not always very welcoming no and historically has actually been the exact opposite so how do you walk into those situations confronting um bullying harassment uh, just a, 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 a you know a snubbing and still hold your own yeah so that's really what we're getting into with boundaries and communication And then we go into talking about how the brain works. So how to train your brain for success. Mm. All right. So talk to me a little more about that. Yeah, that's really powerful because I can offer a lot of imagery that works for people. So in in the teachings that I do, um, different people learn differently. There's a lot of neurodivergence out there. So I do my best to teach not only from conversation, but also visuals uh, and written work so that whatever works for you, you're going to get something from the teaching. But when we talk about train your brain, um, there's a lot of really powerful analogies that work very well for people. Our brains are elastic, as we know. Mm -hmm. And um, the mind is actually how I see it is the mind is the space between the cellular structure of the brain. (laughs) So when we think about it that way, every time that the brain creates a pathway, it alters how the mind works as well. Mm -hmm. But it goes both ways. If we're altering how the mind is working, then we're altering how the brain works too. Very simplified version of it, but it makes sense for people. So when we're talking about thought processing and how we think about ourselves, how we speak about ourselves, um, often called inner critic, and that's a big piece of the work in this particular module. If we are nailing ourselves constantly internally with a dialogue that is not supportive of us, that is how our life is going to go. That's the direction we're going to lead ourselves. But if we can learn to interrupt that consistently, then we could actually change how that works and the mind changes and the brain changes. So we get really big into that, which is really exciting work. And there's some really amazing stuff happening out there with that right now. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So just on that, just maybe just one or two little nuggets of like how one would do that interruption, mm-hmm. if like a negative sort of go around, around, around and, and self-talk in their mind. 
Yeah. So the first thing is to even recognize or hear yourself talking. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people that I've had come in and say, I don't, there's no voice in my head. I don't hear myself talking to myself at all. I don't, there's nothing. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then when you slow down enough, you will start to hear it. So it's the recognition to begin with. Mm-hmm. The second thing is to question it because you've been talking to yourself like that as if you've believed it, as if it's true. So where's the evidence? So we start to poke holes into it. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah, and then understand where it came from because it is not, you did not make it up. You heard it from somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Something at some point. That, that, that seed was planted somewhere in the, in the way back and we just grab it, grab onto that and we just run down the field with it, right? That's right, exactly. And once we can really start to see that what's going on and understand that it didn't originate with us, then we can start to challenge it. And we challenge it not in a way of like, you know, swearing at it and telling it's terrible because you're just doing the same thing again, but really in a very loving and kind way of like, wow, I, 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 that's how I feel about myself. It's not really true though. So what is true? What in my life, where's the evidence in my life that I actually am kind? that I actually am very intelligent. And then we start to gather that evidence so that the conversation automatically begins to change. Yeah. And you know, there's lots of things that we can add like affirmations and altering the, you know, when we hear it saying something different to ourselves. And it's, in my opinion, it's a lifetime commitment to be doing this. Absolutely. However, with any, with this, as it is with anything, there's a tipping point. So when you first recognize that you're doing it, you notice that you do it all the time. And then you'll recognize down the road, as you've practiced with this more and more, that it actually catches you like, like by surprise when you say something crappy to yourself, because it just, it's not how you're, you're really turning your inner critic into your inner supporter. That's the intention of that module. Yeah. Beautiful. And then we have one last module. It's create and celebrate. So uh, we're having little celebrations as we go along, of course, because that's really great for us. But having really looked at all of this and we started out with defining success, we pull that writing back into the last module and go, okay, so how do we want to create from here? We understand now how we behave the way we do. We have some tools in our tool belt around communication and taking care of ourselves. So what can we create from this point? And then we celebrate the success that everyone's had at that point. You know, I, I am, I will literally celebrate Friday. Like there's (laughs) like, there's not enough, like people don't celebrate enough. Like we need to, you know, if you got nothing, I'm celebrating Friday. Like I made it to Friday. Yeah. And I think even more so is that oftentimes, particularly um, for some in a, in a group like this, we also aren't celebrated enough by others. Yes. So this is really an opportunity for them to experience a little bit, you know, the teaching never ends. So it's also an experiment or an experience of uh, learning how to receive. Absolutely. Yes. I am celebrating them. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like to be able to create a cohort where 
they go through this together and yes, like we don't often see ourselves as others see us. So to have them reflect back what they see as the change in everybody else in the group, I would imagine would be like really, really powerful. It's beautiful. Yeah. And these, they, they, you know, throughout the time together, they create such incredible communities. Like it's, it's really beautiful to see. Yeah. Yeah. Privilege to witness. God, sounds amazing. (laughs) I wish it had been around when I was starting out. Right. Um, So you, you'd mentioned that over this, like, you know, this five or six um, times you've run the program, there's been some, a little bit of an evolution. What, what in particular sort of has evolved or is it just really nuanced and you can't really define what that is? Well, you know, I have a lot of years behind me doing this type of work, similar stuff, uh, one-on-one in groups and retreats and stuff like that. So I have a really wide range of things to draw from mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm the type of person who wants to use all of them. <laughs> like, I just want to give you everything. And I'm, you know, partway through, you know, I I've had to hone it because um, there's a, there's a real possibility of it go, getting overwhelming. Yeah. You know? It's like drinking from a fire hose all of a sudden, especially if you've never, if you've never done any, sort of yes. personal work. Like I can see how it'd be very overwhelming to like, yeah, you know, try to um, process and, yeah. and and live into whatever it is that you're learning. Right. Yeah, totally. So because of that, um, the, the work has become more focused uh, and, and um, shifted around a little bit on how it's what comes first and what comes next. Uh, and that comes with experience. So, you know, anytime you're running a brand new program, everyone's going to get something amazing out of it and it can get cleaner and cleaner as we go along. The other part that I realized in doing it the way that I'm doing it now, as succinct as I have it at this point, and of course it's perpetually evolving as the work does, yep. is that this really could be something um, that could be done in a one or two day live workshop. True. Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah, you know, especially now that everything's opened up and we can see each other and all that stuff, sort of stuff again. I think it would be a really powerful thing to be in person. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would imagine too, like depending on what the cohort is and as you get to know who the participants mm-hmm. are and understand sort of where like their particular challenges are or where the things that they're coming up and hitting against yeah. that you would maybe be able to tweak slightly yeah. because you do have this like huge wealth of like knowledge and background and tools and tips and stuff in your, in your bag and, and, and all that kind of thing that you would be able to like really sort of shift it to suit um, yes. the people that are, are experiencing the, the program at the time. Right. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's how I work. Like I can't imagine writing out, uh, this is what I'm going to talk about. This minute, and this and just, it can't happen. So, <laughs> you know, and as you know, I am very, very intuitive and that's how I work. So yeah. in each of these things, there's certain things that I set out to address each week. However, um, there's certainly some fluidity there. I, yeah. I really believe that the group um, the energetics of a group will determine the best way to go, the best course of action. So uh, although we have, I have commitments to certain things that I will definitely have a conversation about, sometimes I'm pulling from somewhere else and sometimes I'm deciding that's just not right for the group right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the, you, have to, you have to have some kind of structure and some core tenants about Absolutely. each module is going to include. And then, you know, like you say, like you have so much 
that you can bring into it and and really specialize and and hone it down to whatever cohort you're working with. Yeah, which which again, I think is like one of the most amazing parts of being able to work with someone like yourself in a program like this, because every single person is going to walk away with huge value and transformative things that they can then work on even after they leave, not just within the time that you're working together in the program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were talking about a little bit earlier um, that Natasha was, was noticing that some people weren't finishing or there was like maybe a a higher attrition rate after they got into a position. Um, You know, is there anything that you know of other than like that, that little nugget there um, that you've seen that has been so impactful on the participants? I mean, I can imagine what they are, but just, I want, I just want you to say it out loud because I want to celebrate you for doing such a, a wonderful thing with all of these, these women. So the, I think the one thing, <clears throat> two things I'll mention. The first thing is um, a lot of these women come in not trusting themselves or anyone else. Uh, and it has to do, of course, with a lot of whatever they've grown up with, whatever they're living in, their circumstance, past, present, and, uh, past and present. Yeah. And throughout this, because there's an opportunity to be witnessed and to witness each other in their development, in their personal growth, uh, there's bonds that get created that just would not have happened. Yeah. So, you know, beyond the work, it's just the the communities are getting created. They understand what each other is going through. They have a level of compassion for each other. Um, They are uh, part of the training is learning how to support one each other, each other throughout. And I give them some different tools that they can work with together. Nice. So, you know, that's a really big part. The other part is um, not everyone is going to end up being suited for the traits. True. They're going to go through this and they're going to, you know, maybe they get out into the trades and they're like, this isn't right for me. What I find so beautiful, and this has come up a couple of times is I've had them reach out to me afterwards and go, listen, I didn't stick with the trades, but because of your work, I didn't tolerate anything. And now I've gone on to something else. Yes. Like they, right. They yes, get like, yes, yes. Oh, I can do this. And I, I got goosebumps. Like yeah. if I can do this, what else can I do? Yeah. And, and to not carry any shame around, Oh, I signed on for this thing and then I'm not com- like pursuing it or whatever. It's like, no, I tried it and it's not for me. Thank you very much. And now I'm going to yeah. move move on with something else. And there's not, there's no, nothing wrong with that. There should be no shame around that. And I think they probably get a lot of that sort of skill around their thinking as well and not beating themselves up for not continuing down a path that they know is wrong for them. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the same, in, in the same, you know, kind of thing where people who do get into the trades where they um, maybe the first place they work doesn't work out. They still want to do what they're doing, but that's not the right place. True. You know, the likelihood is without any understanding of what's happening for them personally, they would just walk away. Yeah. But instead they're going, okay, so if this isn't it, I still want to be in the trades. I'm still committed to what I'm doing. Let me turn and look where else I could be. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like any other uh, other career though, like any other job that you would have. Okay. I'm going to be in whatever, I don't know, 
insurance. Okay. I, I hate this office or I don't like that aspect of insurance. I like this aspect of insurance and I like that office better and whatever, because mm-hmm. I can bring my dog or whatever it is. Like just because the first thing doesn't happen to work out doesn't mean that it's not for you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I'm wondering if you might have one or two sort of stories of, of course, not sharing anybody's, you know, private information or breaking trust in any way, but like, are were there like even one or two like really notable transformations or stories of people that you could tell us about, like started off with like, oh my God, I can't even look somebody in the eye maybe. And then like, they're just like killing it now because mm-hmm. do you have any stories like that? I, so this, let me just preface this by saying, I don't stay in touch a lot of times with them long after we're done. Mm-hmm. And um, some of them still reach out. They follow me on social media, that type of thing. So I see what's going on. So I'm going to share a couple of things that happened within the six uh, sessions that we had together rather than what they're doing outside okay. of that. Yeah, perfect. So I had a young person in there um, identified as uh, they, them. Mm-hmm. And when they first, the very first call, they never had their camera on. Mm said nothing, literally zero participation. And for somebody who leads the way that I lead, I really had to like check in with myself, like, oh, like, are they going to get anything from this? Like, how (laughs) am I going to be with this blank screen, right? That just says they, them in the middle of the screen. Anyway, the next time they came on, they had their camera on. They still didn't say anything, but they had their camera on. So they were present with everyone. By the fifth, I don't remember if it was the fifth or the sixth one, they were actually participating, like talking, sharing what was going on. And the, this gonna, I'm gonna tear up a little bit, but the, the cohort was like celebrating them. Oh, wow. You know, that they had witnessing their evolution within it from like, I don't belong here. I don't, you know, this is uncomfortable for me to like being literally willing to vulnerably share what was happening. Yeah, I just got like a full body, like, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I won't get more, I won't do another really specific one, but what I've also witnessed is people who um, have come into this been completely shut down. That's often the case. Or, um, you know, I think I talked a little bit about the bonds that get created, um, feeling like they have no support anywhere in their lives, and then creating these relationships with people where they're cheering others and accepting being cheered on. That's another huge one for me. So. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, th- those are some like the, like the non-tangible things. Like, it's not like there, there's a metric around that, right? Like it's, measure it. to be able to measure it, but it's, it's, it's really, those are the juicy bits, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that make, I don't know, I think they make the, that experience really, really powerful for all the participants. Yeah. And then and of feel- course you as a facilitator, like that's the, the like the payback for you that, is like the non, you know, monetized thing and whatever, like it makes you want to keep working with people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's really important um, for people who are uh, uh, potential employers in the trades 
to understand that if someone is coming into this job, especially new, especially identifying as female, and if they do not have a foundation of understanding of who they are, what they want, how to communicate, they're not going to succeed. Mm -hmm. So you can teach them everything that you have. You can teach them how to work a hammer and a draw, draw a, a drill, and you can teach them how to build a shed and put a roof on. You can teach them how to drive a big rig, but you're only going to have them for so long unless they really do understand who they are and their own personal value. Yeah, for sure. So, um, just we're, we're we're coming sort of towards the end of my my questions that I had. Did you, is there any other thing that you wanted to share about the program? Like any sage advice that you would throw out there for anybody who is considering the trades or maybe she's a, a, a woman in the trades and is thinking like, I, I, what the hell have I done? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I think what I'd like to say is we take everything on sometimes like it's all us. It's only like, I'm doing something wrong. I can't handle this. I'm, not good enough for this. Uh, my struggles are my own. And I want them to know, I want you to know if you're watching this, that that's not the case. Community is vital. We are dealing with some real systemic issues in this world right now. And they're not your fault. So please don't try to do this on your own. Have a lot of love and compassion for yourself. Give yourself a lot of grace, especially if you're new to this and you're just learning. Um, life's going to throw a lot of shit at you. So yeah. br- gather your people, gather your people. The ones that will say to you when you're in the middle of the shitstorm, it's not you. Yeah. Well, and the really, really shitty thing is that we, we even have to do this at all, right? At, at all. Mm-hmm. Like, on so many levels, but, you know, from a self-preservation standpoint, from the standpoint of like becoming more empowered um, and all of that kind of thing, like regardless of whether it's right or wrong, or we shouldn't be having to deal with it, like all of that, you know, here we are to take responsibility and control of what is going on in your heart, in your mind, understand and like work through your own stuff, your own trick, all of that kind of Mm -hmm. thing and come out stronger and better and more empowered, regardless of all the other crap, I think is just dynamite. Yeah. Just dynamite. <laughs> so um, how can organizations and people who are like feeling like, hey, this is really something that we should try and, and create and set up and maybe do an, an in-person thing or maybe more online work, mm-hmm. how can they reach out to you and, and have a conversation? Yeah, so uh, I have a small website information uh, center called successtraining.ca. The CA part's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it gives a little more detail about the program and about me. Uh, and there's a contact page, so you can reach out to me that way. Uh, email is simple as well. It's Jill Prescott, Jill at jillprescott.ca. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, there's and I'm I'm pretty easy to find. Um, my social media, so my Instagram is not focused on success training specifically, but certainly these pieces that I'm teaching are foundational to what I do. 
Yeah. So they are, you know, you'll certainly get a, a taste of who I am in the world through that. Beautiful. So my very last question is always, what is your favorite tool? And oh. I know you're not a tradesperson, but it, it, I've had people answer this question in a variety of ways and it's not always tool related. So <laughs> what's your favorite tool? <laughs> hmm, that's a big question. I would say um, my favorite tool and the one that I use the most is actually my laptop. Of course. See, there you go. Yeah. I had somebody who said, and I thought this was really, really a, a great thing for anybody to consider, especially in the trades. She had a, um, a, a paper notebook and she just wrote down every day, like a, almost like a diary of what she did and who she talked to and phone numbers of people on site and all this kind of stuff. And she had like, yeah, like 15 or 20 of them and just for reference. And if there was something that was like a little bit shady or shitty that happened on site, like she would note it down and was basically like making sure that it, everything was noted. So that if it ever came back and there had to yeah. be a, some documentation of some kind, at least there would be something. Yeah. I, or even for yourself, if you're like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. And, and where did I put that? Yeah. What, an electrician, where did I put that junction box or where, you know, did I do this? And then like, you know, she'd make a note of it. And then people have gone back to her to say, Hey, you know, that thing in that hallway, blah, blah, blah. Where was that? And then she would just go back and she'd go like, well, approximately what, the, what was the date around that? And she'd go back and she'd be able to find it and, and tell them. So, Amazing. you know, like it's not <laughs> a tool, but you know, so yeah, for you yeah. having a laptop is, yeah. I mean, that's your main tool, right? That is. Um, yeah. All right. So Jill, like, honestly, thanks again for joining me on the show. And thank you for all of the work that you've been doing to advocate for women or for those who are self-identifying as female in the trades. And for those listening, thanks. I appreciate it. And be sure to check out our other episodes uh, in this and other All Things Renovation series. And until next time, keep being badass at whatever trade you're in. Thank you again, Jill, for being on the show. Thanks, Brandy. Thanks for listening, and I hope you feel as inspired as I do. If you or someone you know has interest in the trades, there are many resources, many programs and supports. There's also a ton of women's groups out there specifically for those who are in the trades. We'll list a number of them in the show notes, but be sure to reach out if you're having challenges finding some in your area. We're all in this together after all, and we're happy to help in any way we can. 